everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit, the host of the podcast, as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. And we are continuing on with our season preview series. I'm not sure how things are going to post on the actual podcast feed, but this is our last preview. So congratulations to to myself and, and everybody on the staff that has helped get things done here. And we're diving into one of last year's Big Ten champions, and that's Maryland. And to help break them down, we have Wes on. Uh, Wes, how's it going? Good. Well, thanks for joining us. I, I appreciate it. I think this is the first time we've had you on the BT Powerhouse podcast. So if you don't mind just introducing yourself a little bit to our listeners and letting them know where they can check out your stuff. Yeah, so uh, my name is Wesley Brown. I'm a uh, senior journalism major at the University of Maryland, uh, co-managing editor of Tetsuo Times on the SB Nation Network. Um, you can find all my stuff there. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So part part of the SB Nation Network uh, along with us. Always a lot of great stuff across there. So if you're a Maryland fan, definitely check out what they have going on. I'm sure plenty with football. The the Terps seem to be doing some work there uh, as well. So fun time to be a Maryland fan. Um, but let's let's jump into it. A big off season here for Maryland. They come off what was a very, very productive season for Mark Turgeon and staff. What's the mindset of the, of the Maryland fan base at this point? Certainly last season, I think everybody wishes they would have seen how it would have concluded with the Big Ten and NCAA tournaments. Unfortunately, we didn't get to. So what's the mindset? I mean, last year it was a literally a banner year. They get a Big Ten title and – now, though, uh, a lot of pieces are, are leaving. So what's the thought? What's the mindset of the fan base coming into this season? Yeah, I mean, it's it, not hard to think. Um, you know, everyone's probably hopeful that they can sort of, you know, reach that level. But obviously when you lose, you know, a top 10 pick in Jalen Smith um, and a, a senior leader in, in Anthony Cowan, it's going to be hard to replace that kind of production. Um, there's a lot of new faces and a lot of faces that have – been in the program but haven't seen you know key roles that are going to have key roles this year um Mm -hmm. so there's there's optimism that they can reach that level again but there's a lot of you know skepticism as to who's going to be able to you know fill in those roles and where they're going to make up some of those those points Mm -hmm. yeah i i know for me i wrote going into last year in my season preview about how it's probably a little uh, ill-advised of a comparison at this point, given how the football thing has gone. But I, I, re- I compared Mark Turgeon to, to Jim Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan on, on the football field. And to me, the reason why they were so similar is it felt like the teams were, were pretty good on a yearly basis, but they just they couldn't get through that last little hunk to actually get over the top and, and really have that you know success for fans to feel satisfied with. And last year... Uh, you know, we, we've talked about it briefly, but it felt like they finally broke through. They finally got that Big Ten title. And I, again, who knows what would have happened beyond that. But it, it really did feel like it, it was a changing of the tide here for Turgeon. And as you mentioned, Cowan and, and Smith are the big departures here. I don't think they are going to be easily replaced, um, but but we'll see. So as far as coming into this year, you know, we've talked a little bit about last season really, really successful run. And I thought the things that were really impressive, at least to me from the outside for Maryland was just the streaks. I, you know, they opened the season up for what, 10 wins in a row, um, lose a couple, 
but bounce back. They have another streak of nine wins in a row. And I realize the schedule affects that a little bit, you know, how the team is playing here and there, but that's really impressive. Most teams never win nine games in a row during a season, let alone to do it twice. That That's really impressive. So great year. Um, but you mentioned the the two big departures. Um, who are the, I mean, obviously those two guys are, are a big deal leaving. How significant is it? Is there anybody else fans should be aware of that's uh, departing this season? And conversely, what are the big additions for the Terps? Yeah, so there there haven't really been any other big departures. Um, Sorrell Smith transferred out, Ricky Lindo transferred out, and those were guys who, you know, are sort of in the same situation as, you know, the other guys that are still with the program of they maybe could have stepped into a role, but they also maybe could have not seen their role expand. Um, Mm -hmm. But Maryland was able to bring in um, Galen Smith, um, and then you have Cholmari Allen side who's going to see a bigger role. Um, And then there – I mean – Maryland fans and most people, you know, within the Big Ten probably know, you know, a lot of the faces that they're going to see because Turgeon, you know, rotated people in and out quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's not going to be easy to replace it. There's no one player that's going to step in and fill the shoes of Jalen Smith. There's no one who's going to step in and just fill the entire role that Anthony Cowan had. It's going to be split up a- across a lot of different people, but there's there's hope that they can sort of reach those production levels. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the newcomers this year? I, I realize, you know, replacing Cowan and Smith it will not be easy, but Maryland bringing in a relatively small recruiting class compared to some of the years past, but adding transfers in Hamilton and Smith. What do you make of those two, and how much do you think they'll be able to contribute this year? Yeah, so with a lack of depth really in the, the front court, you know, Smith and Hamilton are going to play, you know, huge roles at the – the four and the five position, you know, Mark Turgeon likes to play some small ball sometimes. So you'll have Daryl Marcel run the four a little bit. So sometimes you only see one forward on the floor. Um, so, you know, coming from Alabama, we're not really sure what you can expect from Smith in a big role because he hasn't really had that kind of role yet. Um, but Hamilton getting a waiver is definitely big. You know, he's someone who's expected to step into a, a four spot, maybe be able to move up to a three if they go to a, a bigger lineup. And, you know, the two freshmen, Aquan Smart, was really under-recruited out of Chicago. A lot of people really like what he's brought to the table. You know, he's got a lot of athleticism and, you know, um, just raw ability. It's going to be a matter of if he can, you know, turn that into, you know, production. And then they also brought in, um, I believe it was a four-star, Marcus Dockery, um, who's more of a combo guard from the area, transferred to... Brewster Academy in New Hampshire for a senior season to sort of tune up his game a little bit. He's more of the catch and shoot guy. Quan Smart's more of the drive in and dribble guy. So, you know, seeing those two guys flourish together is going to be interesting. Um, and they'll be, they'll be sort of, you know, splitting the time with Eric Ayala and some of the other guards they have in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like both the additions. I think the, they're good enough where I, I think they could earn some, some starting time potentially. Of course, they're going to have to beat out some guys to, to earn that. And I, I think the big thing is, is the front court is a bit of a question mark and both of those guys could see some, some time there depending on how things shake out. So I think those are two huge names to watch and transfers 
they're always a mixed bag. I mean, sometimes it seems like you got a really good one and they end up pretty underwhelming. Uh, sometimes, you know, a guy who doesn't get a lot of the national attention ends up being pretty good. So Maryland really needs those two guys to hit, though, with the departures this offseason. So a lot of focus will be on them for sure. But so we've talked a little bit about how last year went, the mindset of fans coming into this season, some of the guys who left, some of the guys who are coming in. What are what are you most excited about for the Terps heading into this year? And on the other side, what are you the most worried about for Maryland? Um, probably starting off with um, what to worry about. It's going to be, you know, re- replacing those numbers and just, you know, staying healthy. You know, with COVID, it's going to be an interesting season. Um, and then, you know, the, like the, with the streaky play last year, you know, hoping that Maryland can find those positive streaks and not get on a bunch of bad streaks this year. Um, they got pretty lucky with their, their big time schedule this year, um, not having to play some of the, the top teams twice. Um, but there are, there are tons of positives. This is a Mark Turgeon, you know, is routinely says that he has, you know, a young team and a lot of people sort of point to that as, you know, his number one excuse. Um, but he's got kind of an older team this year. You know, he's got, you know, Daryl Morsell, he's got Aaron Wiggins. He's got a lot of, you know, talent that's, you know, upperclassmen. Um, so he's not going to be able to really lean on that excuse. I guess some, some fans will be, you know, good and, you know, glad to hear. Um, so, but on top of that, they do have a lot of really good young talent that'll be, you know, growing for the future and being thrown in the fire early is only going to help them in the, the long run. Mm-hmm. I think for me, as far as what to be excited about, I think Maryland has a, a really nice form man returning core Ayala, Marcel, Scott Wiggins those are really nice solid players I I don't think any of those four has really shown themselves to be a top level all Big Ten first team type of guy yet but all of them have been nice solid players their experience you kind of know what you're going to get out of all four and I think that's a great core to start around so I I think you got to be encouraged by that I also think you got to be encouraged by you know, Maryland didn't just sit on last season's success, sit on what they had coming in on the recruiting trail, but went out and got two transfers. And certainly, you know, as I, I've said, um, I think I think they both could contribute this year. We'll see. But um, I think adding those two into that nice four-man returning core is really nice. And they got some guys who you've already talked about a little bit where they may have not gotten a great opportunity last year, but they have a chance to sort of emerge this season and and a lot of that last year was just you know they had really good guys in front of them so nothing to be ashamed of there so I I think for me those are the things I'm I'm really excited about for Maryland I think conversely as far as the concerns the front court's a big concern for me I'm not really sure how that's going to turn out there's a lot of new faces nobody's proven certainly in, in the spots they'll be playing additionally I think a lot of times college basketball comes down to you know who has the best player, um, who has a guy who can go off, who has a guy who can carry the team when the offense is struggling. I'm not sure who that's going to be for Maryland this year. They had two of those guys last year with Cowan and Smith. I don't know. They got some options. Wiggins might seems like he might be the most likely, and we'll get to that in a minute or two here. But I don't think they have that proven right now, so that's something I'm I'm concerned about. And as you said, you know, there there is a little youth, so that'll be something that, the team has to overcome as well. So we've talked a little about, about things more, more generally. Um, as far as the top player, I usually like to ask, you know, last season it was kind of a mix of Cowan and Smith, obviously, but 
do you have a prediction of who you think is going to be the best player for Maryland this season? Yeah, I mean, best is obviously, you know, something, you know, difficult to, to pinpoint. Um, mm-hmm. Most reliable, you can probably look at, at Marcel, um, real glue guy. You know, he can be on the floor whenever. He can play anywhere from the two to the four, um, just a real bouncy guy. That's someone who Maryland can really rely on consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, you know, breakout player, it's, it's probably got to be um, Aaron Wiggins with the sixth man of the year last year and, you know, what he mm-hmm. showed, you know, being able to come off the bench. Um, being that, that starting three, two kind of guard is going to be, you know, a, a really good spot. And I really think he has a lot of room to grow and he showed a lot of promise last year. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of of the same view, as I said, I, I think I would lean Wiggins as, as the guy that the quote unquote star, the, the guy who's going to be the most relied upon just because he, he, he seems on that trajectory, <laughs> you know, you never, you never know for sure until you see it on the court, but he, he seems to be heading there. And I think fans should be very excited about him. And I, I think fans should definitely be excited about the, the idea that there are multiple guys who could emerge into that role. And I, I think that's really exciting to have so many different options coming into a season. So we'll see. Maryland definitely needs a, somebody to take that next step to that, you know, first, second team, all big 10 level. We'll see. They certainly got some options. So I am excited as well. Uh, a lot of these podcasts, you know, I get to this part part of the podcast and I've I've had to punt on the schedule discussion because we haven't had any games announced for months, months. But as we record this, we actually have the schedule, which is amazing and very exciting to actually have a schedule to talk about, not only non-conference, but the Big Ten slate. Um, what do you make of the schedule this season? You know, it's going to be bizarre, you know, with the shortened non-conference, the limited fan attendance, if there is any at all. What do you make of it? Um, what are the big games you're circling and sort of general thoughts here on the slate for the Terps? Yeah, so um, a lot of Maryland fans are sort of accustomed to it. Mark Turgeon, you know, kind of took the easy road out with the non-conference schedule. Um, the only team in the top 100 of um, Ken Palm was uh, Clemson in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, who, you know, that's one game I'll probably circle. A lot of Maryland fans will probably circle it as well. I think it, it's the team that Maryland played the fourth most in their history, you know, going back to the, the, the ACC days. So mm-hmm. taking a trip down to, to Clemson is going to be something, you know, interesting to watch at least. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the the Big Ten schedule, only having to face Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, and Ohio State once each um, was a very, very good draw um, for the Terps. Um, so there's, there's for for a team that you don't really know what to expect from, they got as good of a draw as you can probably get. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see how things shake out in terms of, you know, rescheduling. You know, they built in some buys in case some games have to get moved. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the team is able to handle things when they get um, thrown into the, the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, a couple of reactions just generally. Uh, again, the the schedules aren't going to vary that much this year because there just there isn't that there aren't that many non conference games. Um, but Clemson certainly certainly the non conference game that I, I think fans need to circle. It's going to be a tough one. It's on the quote unquote road. Uh, again, limited attendance uh, mm-hmm. if, if anybody's there at all. So not really your your natural road game. That's an opportunity for Maryland to 
steal a, a really nice win there. The Tigers are projected top 40 on Ken Palm and, and could be pretty dangerous this season. I think the other part for me, a couple things that stood out first off is Big Ten is, is set to be ridiculously deep uh, again, you know, this season. I, I do think I, I've ranted about this on previous podcasts, so I, I won't go into full depth again, but I do think um, the bottom you're not going to have this absolutely brutal middle, but there are a lot of really good teams and Maryland underdog in a lot of games, at least according to Ken Palm right now. And that is, it just shows how challenging things are going to be. And I think for Maryland, it's really going to come down to two stretches. It's the first couple of games in big 10 play. They're going to open things up December 14th with Rutgers at home, Purdue on the road, Wisconsin at home, Michigan at home. That's a four-game stretch where you're definitely going to be an underdog at Wisconsin. And at least on paper, you would think Maryland's going to be an underdog against um, maybe Purdue or Michigan. But those are winnable games. I mean, Michigan's at home. Purdue was, eh, last year. Um, probably going to be relatively similar this year. So there, at least three of those games are winnable. I think you got to win two. And to start off with a, a nice solid base and then closing the season, a lot of games in that, you know, 40 to 60 percent win percentage where really it's just can you be a little bit better on a given night um, and, and sneak out a win. So I think it's and for Maryland, it's going to be a lot of the very start and, and the very finish of Big Ten play. If you can steal enough of those toss up games one way or another, I think Maryland could have a really solid record. Conversely, you know, this is going to, it's a razor's edge this year in the Big Ten. And I think that's true for a lot of teams where if things start sliding, it can get out of hand really quickly. So it's going to be very important for Maryland to, you lose a game, you got to bounce back uh, immediately. Otherwise, things could get rough with just how deep the conference is. But one one positive, there's going to be a lot of great games. So <laughs> be, ex- be excited about that. And I, I do think Maryland certainly has a shot to, to put things together. So, We've talked about schedule. We've talked about um, top player, you know, optimistic points, uh, critical points, starting lineup. Um, I think Maryland's is, it It seems relatively straightforward, but what are your thoughts on the starting lineup? Um, do you have a prediction as we sit here today? Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're obviously going to see Eric Ayala take the lead uh, at the one. Um, you'll probably see Marcel at the two, Wiggins at the three. Um, you can maybe see a toss up depending on where Hamilton is, where uh, maybe Smith is, um, or Dante Scott down at the four. I'd probably lean somewhere between Hamilton and Scott, depending on who's doing better, um, in, in camp. Uh, but Cholmari out the five is something I'm, I'm really interested in seeing. So, um, Ayala, Marcel, Wiggins, uh, Hamilton and, and Mario. Okay. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I, I had Ayala Wiggins, Marcel Smith and Mariella. Um, how do you think, how, how do you think Smith, I know we've talked about him a little briefly, but how do you think that Smith Hamilton dynamic is going to fit in? I mean, do you think they're going to switch off a lot? How, do you think one guy's going to play at a certain position more than the other? How do you see those two fitting in? Cause again, I, I think those two, generally speaking, might be the biggest X factor on the team this year. Yeah, with uh, with no true five um, to mm-hmm. go right behind Marial, 
Um, I probably would lean for for Smith to play more of the five uh, whenever okay. Mariano isn't tired or you know he he's not quite a hundred percent in one of his legs. So you know mm-hmm. if there's a night where he needs a break, you know um, Smith can really lean into the five a little bit. And Mario or Hamilton is is definitely going to be someone who who plays a lot of the four. Um, mm-hmm. And when I mean when Maryland goes super small, maybe he might see some of the five. But I think it's even more likely he might be someone who. Um, if Terrigen feels comfortable enough trying to go big, he could slide up to the three. Hmm, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think those two are are really there's gonna be a lot of feeling out um with, with Turgeon early on with some of those guys. And and that's an, another important important point for us to raise as far as the schedule here as we're digging through that you're not gonna get your typical five, six, seven body bag games mm-hmm. <laughs> coming into the year where you're playing some team that I mean, your walk-ons might be able to blow out. And um, so you're not going to get as much time to try out these different lineups, see how the freshmen work. It's a little bit of trial by fire. So you're, you might see some, some lineups in big time moments here where Turgeon just has to try things out a little bit and see what sticks. So I think that is going to be a very important dynamic to watch up front. And as you said, I'm interested to see how that uh, sorts out there between Mariella Smith and in Hamilton up front. So should be interesting. Um, but so we've talked, we've talked in depth about the roster. We've talked in depth about the schedule, um, a bunch of different things here tonight. Let's get to the the part everybody loves, which are season predictions. Um, we do actually have a schedule in Maryland. So I, I would like a, a relative prediction on, on record if you can, or, or some general idea but um, what do you think for Maryland this year? How do you see them finishing? Um, do they survive this brutal slate and and make the postseason? And any other general thoughts you have on Maryland here as we go into the season? Yeah, so I mean, so, sort of like you said with the schedule, it's going to really depend on how they can handle things early on. Um, you know, with, with so many question marks, Maryland's one of those teams that can end up, you know, somewhere around 500, maybe a little below if they don't get many of those, those games, I, I was, I was looking in the first 11 big 10 games, they have seven against preseason top 25 teams. So you're definitely going to have to snag a, a few of those. Um, if you're going to want to, you know, get above 500. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, it, if, if the team can really put stuff together, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they can sneak out a, a 16 and 11, a 17 and 10, um, certainly not a team that's, that's primed at least on paper to compete for the big 10 title, but you know, 2020 has been a weird year, so maybe there's enough of that that can overlap into 2021 to give Maryland some some good luck. Definitely, yeah. I I had Maryland in my my preseason predictions. I had them ninth in the Big Ten, and again, that's that's not really because I I think they're a bad team or I think they're weak or anything. I I think the Big Ten is very deep coming into this year, and I think there are five six teams that I don't want to call them interchangeable, but I think they're all. Very, very close, where if you're a little bit better than expectations, somebody else is a little bit worse, they're going to flip because I I think there is a really tight sandwich there in the middle for the Big Ten. And Maryland is part of it where, you know, if these two transfers come in and are really solid contributors, hit hit it from day one, Wiggins takes a big step forward as as fans are hoping – then suddenly, you know, Maryland's going to be in the top part of the Big Ten once again. And um, I don't know if they're going to be good enough to compete for a Big Ten title or anything like that, even if things come out very well. But they could be in that picture for a top four seed, you know, if if things come together 
very well. On the other hand, though, you know, if these transfers underwhelm, Wiggins is kind of what he was last season. It, it could be a tough year because there are so many tough games. It It's not going to be easy. You're only going to get two, three, maybe four, quote unquote, easy gimme games in Big Ten play. And I think that that's going to be challenging for a team like Maryland where they, they need to find new leaders. They need to find how they're going to play together. You know, Cowan and Smith dominated things offensively so much last year. And how do you how do you think that, you know, I, I know I already asked you for your season predictions, but how do you think that is going to sort out there? Because those guys were just such a presence offensively last year for Maryland. Do you think it, it, it's more of a committee approach this year? Do you think, you know, when it when it's gut check time here in the last, you know, two, three minutes of a game, do you think someone's going to take over? What's your sense on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it throughout most of the games, it's going to be you know a committee approach. It's going to be mm-hmm. it should be at least a more more even spread of you know offense. Um, but my guess is when it comes down to it, you know you're probably going to put the ball in Aaron Wiggins' hands. Um, you know he's got some options. You know if if you know teams read that and they try and and lock him down. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see if there's you know second and third options that step up. Um, but my guess is first game of the season, if there's for some reason you, you have to go to one guy, it's probably got to be Aaron Wiggins. Mm-hmm. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement, but it should be fun, should be interesting. I, I think it. we all know it's going to be a bizarre year with, with everything going on in the world, not just in college basketball, but it's going to be nice to to see some basketball and, and hopefully have some good times here. Um, Wes, thank you again for joining us. We We really appreciate it. Before you go, I do want to just uh, let you plug your site, let you plug where where you're on Twitter for our listeners. And then if you got any final thoughts here on Big Ten, Maryland, college basketball in general, um, love to hear them. Yeah, so uh, once again, testudotimes.com on the SB Nation network. Uh, personally, I'm at W underscore Brown 21 on Twitter. Um, and yeah, this, this 2020-2021 season is going to, be an interesting one for sure um obviously no one's out of the woodwork no team has been you know safe from the virus no one no one's safe really so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how you know everything stacks up um overall not just on the court but everyone's got to be just as you know precautionary off the court so mm-hmm. it'll, be, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see how everything works out absolutely absolutely with that Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. As always, my name's Thomas Bendit. You can check out the BT Powerhouse podcast um, on all your various podcast networks. Make sure to check out our website. We have almost all of our season previews up now, um, posting about 4,000 words a team. Maryland is already up there if you're interested in the Terps. A few more to go, and we're only a couple days away from the season, so it's it's really exciting. Um, Recommend you all check that out. Um, Definitely check out Wes has got a lot of great stuff over on the Terps. And otherwise, everyone, wear your mask, stay safe. We'll see you next time.